TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. He deals. Thomas in the air to right field. That's back. Castellanos on the run. And we are tied. Alec Thomas takes the ride of his life. Fastball right over the middle. Running away just a little. 4-12, 104 off the bat. And I'm guessing Tori Lavallo might have just told him, hit me a home run. <laughs> he packed some punch. And there it is. Lots of Chicago connections in that one. Alec Thomas tying the game last night down in Arizona, a game the Diamondbacks would eventually win. We'll get into all of that and more. Good morning to everybody. Welcome into Inside the Clubhouse alongside Bruce Levine. I'm Mike Esposito in for David today. Good morning, Bruce. Some exciting games last night. Good morning, Mike. And indeed, it was an exciting day for postseason play. Houston Astros go up 3-2 to two in their series against Texas and an exciting finish to that one. And another exciting finish in Arizona as uh, our own uh, Alec Thomas hits a huge home run for the Diamondbacks to put them over in the Philadelphia Phillies. So lots of great playoff baseball. Actually, some of the playoff games, not that exciting, Mike. A couple blowouts here and there. The numbers are way down, according to Major League Baseball. The, the numbers for the TV viewing is down. We'll get into everything here. Mike and I are with you from ten till from nine until ten thirty today. It's a shortened show. We have some college football afterwards, but we are uh, baseball intensive on your White Sox, Cubs, free agency and trades at three one two six four four six seven six seven. Mike, where do you want to start out today? Well, it's uh, it's going to be an intriguing offseason. I say we start with the Cubs because I think, to me, a lot of their free agent decisions will be with guys you already know. We are broadcasting live, by the way, from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And, Bruce, the, the top name everyone knows because he was their best player this year, and he's going to command a, a, a top dollar this offseason season. But Cody Bellinger is where I'd like to start. And uh, on the pitching side, the Cubs have several guys there. 
and bad news on Michael Fulmer, too. But on Belly, I mean, it seems he's going to be one of the top two or three free agents in the game this year, and he's going to have a lot of options. Mike alluded to uh, Michael Fulmer having uh, to have a uh, another elbow operation. He had Tommy John uh, three years ago, and he's having another had another elbow operation that'll keep him out for most of 2024. So that is the bad news. But uh, again, Cody Bellinger will be one of the more sought-after players, not only for what he can provide offensively, Mike, but also the fact that he's 28 years old, one of the youngest free agents all uh, in, in baseball this offseason. So at 28, you are going to be buying the prime years of his career, 28 through 33, which is known as the years where most baseball players peak out. And you're going to have to pay for that. The question is, is it five years, Mike? Is it seven years? With Scott Boros uh, commanding the way as the agent, is it nine years or ten years? Nothing is impossible when Boros is the agent and the player is coming off of an outstanding year like Bellinger did. So the question is, Mike, today you are the Cubs general manager. You've been appointed the GM today. You sit down with Scott Boros. You're having your favorite beverage. He's having his. And you're discussing Cody Bellinger. And Boros says to you, what is your offer for my player? I'm, I'm, my concern, as you were saying, is years. I don't want to do the, we've seen a lot of the 10-year contracts that end up by the last four and the one that comes most prominently to mind in my head is Albert Pujols. I don't want to have an Albert Pujols situation as great as he was and a Hall of Fame player soon to be, right? I don't want to have, you know, Pujols commanding 30 million bucks a year times four at the end of that contract. Jason Hayward, although he had a good year with the Dodgers, was a, a similar, right? They signed him to a very long contract that by the end, you were counting the years down in that one halfway through it. Um, so that is my concern. It's not necessarily the dollars because you know the dollars are going to be high. You know that Belly is going to get huge offers. So I'm I'm going to try to stay in that sweet spot that you mentioned, Bruce. I'm going to try to stay in that six-year, five-year range. Now, if everyone else is offering eight or nine, that might not be possible. But that's, that's where I'm uh, going if I'm Jed Hoyer and the Cubs. Well, here's the other part of it, Mike. The agent usually takes his player into January or February to get the very most out of him. With that in mind, are you the owner and having talked to the owner and now you're the general manager, Mike, are you going to sit and wait while the market continues to evaporate around you and other players are signing elsewhere if Bellinger is waiting for the best offer between the Cubs and the Yankees, if this is uh, the situation you're in and you're bidding for the best left-handed hitter in the marketplace, which Bellinger certainly is, Mm -hmm. he's also possibly your best first baseman and best center fielder available defensively, gold gold glove caliber in each. So from that perspective, Mike, how long do you wait what do you do? What is the way you go about looking at this free agency? Do you put a deadline on your deal? 
I mean, I, I would love to have it settled as soon as possible with Cody. The thing is, as you said it, if if he has, if he waits, if he decides to wait, it's only going to make things more difficult. But if you're the Cubs, and I've looked at this, I'm sure you have, you know, who's available on uh, position player-wise and where the Cubs' needs are. We know where the Cubs' needs are, right? And Bellinger happens to play <laughs> play all of them uh, and fit in all of them in terms of uh, position playing and, and also that left-handed bat. If I'm the Cubs and things went so well this year for both sides, I'm going to play his game, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it known to him, like, listen, we want you. We're willing to pay you. We're going to do what we have to do. But the sooner we can come to terms with you, the better we can do the rest of our offseason, right? They, they have to know uh, where Cody stands and where his dollars stand so they can know what else they're available to do. Mike, how much of Mr. Ricketts' money are you offering per year? <laughs> I, I'm happy to go to the – well, I, I wouldn't be happy. and I'm Actually, I'm happy because it's not my money, but it's, it's the Ricketts family money. I, I mean – what is the fair market value for a guy like this? Unless you're going to do, and this is the other thing we've seen, right? You tack on extra years at the end to kind of spread out your financial commitment. So I, I prefer the, you know, the shorter term, higher dollar. So what is it going to take, Bruce? 30 a year, 35 a year. I mean, you tell me I'm, I'm there for, for five or six years. If that's too lean and you have to do like, you know, we've seen 12 year deals and stuff. Uh, Bryce Harper's gotten something like that. Mookie Betts has something like that. Mike Trout has something like that. Uh, generational players. I don't know if you want to put Belly in, in with those guys yet, but, I mean, th- that's what we're going to be looking at, isn't it? I, I, I would prefer the high-dollar, shorter term, but that's me. What, what do you think? Here's the good news. $22 million is coming off the books from Jason Hayward's contract. Okay, that, that it gives you a good feeling about... Well, you don't want to necessarily spend it again all on one player. But if you're going after, as you said, Mike, a star center fielder, a star first baseman, a left-handed power bat, a guy that had the most RBI of any player from the 1st of July to the end of the year, over 75 RBIs during that period of time, an incredible performance. I would say it's 6 and 30. I would say $180 million is my offer if I'm the Cubs. I'm not going past six years. I will give him the opportunity to get out of the contract after three years if he wants to walk and mm-hmm. set himself up again uh, in free agency at age 32 or 31. Let's say at age 31, you get the best three years out of Bellinger. He wants to walk after that. Good. You know, good for you. You helped us go to the playoffs three or four times. You helped us win a division. You helped us win a World Series. Thank you very much. So with all that in mind, six years, $180 million, an opt-out after three, and you are our first baseman. You are our center fielder. You are the middle order, middle of the order left-handed bat. I think that is a fair deal. I'm sure if Scott Boris is listening right now, and he always has people <laughs> listening to our show and many baseball shows across the country, I'm sure he'd say, you're low, you're low on years, uh-huh. you're two or three years low. And there will be other teams out there. You know, He is a very attractive player. I think the New York Yankees is a, a team that uh, Chicago Cub fans have to watch if they're yep. watching this derby 
for Bellinger as a free agent. 312-644-6767 is our number. Lots of people wanting to react to this. We also want to point out we will have former Cubs skipper Joe Madden on with us at the top of the 10 o'clock hour and also White Sox director of player personnel Gene Watson at the bottom of this one. But until then, your calls, and we start in Nashville where Emmett joins us. Emmett, you're on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning. Okay, good morning, Mike, and good morning, Bruce. I got a, I got a question for you. Jose Otuve, Mr. October, especially earlier in his career, you know, bashing all those home runs. In 2020, he hit 219. Yet the Astros held on to him. And my question is, do the Cubs get rid of their players too fast when they have an off year, or do you think it's about right? And well, I'll ask you this, question. Emmett. You. I'll give you this. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this question, Emmett. Did they get uh, rid of Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez too early? Most people would say they traded him too late. Uh, not being able to get a contract going with either any of those. So what's your opinion on that before we let you go, Emmett, and, and delve into your question? Yeah, I got you on that, Bruce. That's a good point. They got rid of Ariella just in time. Maybe uh, the other pitcher they had got from Boston. Uh, I forgot his name right now, but, you know, the left-hander. They, they kind of got rid of him just in time. But, look, we turn around and all our players are in postseason. Rizzo, he's in postseason with the Yankees last year. Um, Baez was, you know, doing his thing in, in uh, what, Detroit? New York. Um, you look on the south side of town. Jose Abreu, he's doing his thing. Um, but if we if we play in that game, where how are we going to get to the you know on top? You know what I'm saying? If we're not building and don't have a core, how are we ever going to get over the threshold? Well, that's the yep. key. Yeah, the core is the key. Emmett, thanks for your call, Mike. The core is comes from your minor leagues. The Cubs are building their minor leagues up. The White yep. Sox have to start going there. We'll talk to Gene Watson, the new player personnel director at the bottom of the hour about player acquisitions and where the Chicago White Sox are at this offseason. But uh, good question, interesting question nonetheless. No, and I, and I like how the Cubs are doing it at the moment, right? You've got, and you said, your core players, guys, you drafted that come from your minor leagues. And in the Cubs case, they signed a guy, Dansby Swanson, last year, who is part of that core. But in my mind, for the Cubs, it's right up your middle, right? You have Nico Horner, who you just extended. You have Dansby, who you just signed. So you got another six years of him. You've got Ian Happ out in left. And you hope to add Cody Bellinger to that core as guys you are going to build around. But the pitching, and you mentioned it, and this is where the other part of my Cubs free agency question uh, was, Bruce, because Stroman has that option. And the Cubs have an option on Hendricks, so I think we all know the answer on that one. But let's hear what your thoughts are. I mean, the Cubs need starting pitching, and those are two big names right there that I just threw out in terms of uh, guys that have options that are not 100% for sure back next year. So, Mike, according to league sources, the Cubs are working on an extension, not only just picking up the uh, $16 million option on Hendricks' contract, but working on an extension. That makes sense. He pitched so well when he came back. 
He's a constant for them. He's one guy that can pitch under 90 miles an hour and consistently throw five, six innings, and that's all you ask for these days. Mm -hmm. It's incredible to hear myself say five or six innings, that's good. You know, you go, know. Back, go back a few years and you go, well, that's, that's a fifth starter at best, but not these days. So they're working on an extension for Hendricks. The other name that you're hearing for the Chicago Cubs, Japanese pitcher Yuki Matsui a left-handed bullpen pitcher, 200 saves in Japan. You're saying, 200 saves in Japan? A left-hander? He must be 35 years old. No, he started at age 18. He's 28 years old. He's been mm -hmm. a dominant pitcher there, and he's going to be posted uh, coming up here next month. He's hired himself a agent from the United States who is going to represent him here. And he will be a hot commodity on the marketplace here. Again, Yuki Matsui, remember that name, 28 years old, left-handed guy who can be your closer. And the price, Mike, I, I'm thinking the price is going to be multiple years at 10 or $12 million a year. Certainly reasonable in uh, today's game with where the salaries have gone, uh, and I would be all for that. I read up actually on Mr. Matsui last night. Looked at some highlights as a as he'll be entering next year as a 28-year-old. And last year, 2023, I should say, this year, this past season, a 1.57 ERA over there in Japan. So some dominant numbers for Metsui. 312-644-6767 is our number. Out to the phones we go. And Mark is in Oak Lawn talking Cubs free agency. Hey, Mark, good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. It's uh, I listen to your show all the time. You guys, uh, you know, I'll be up front. I, I don't listen to the score that much, but I listen to you guys all the time. How's that? But Well, we appreciate it. And point. try try our shows during the week because uh, yeah. they are fan, maybe not your cup of tea all the time, but they're really some bright guys and doing some great radio. So give it, a, give it another ch chance. What I like about your show is that you're not politically, uh, you know, there's no political baloney and it's, it's, you're basically all sports and baseball and you, and you got love of the game, and, and I respect that. But my but, but the reason for my call is that, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger, he's a glue guy. He's uh, he, he can do a lot of things, you know, left-handed bat, just like you said, outfield. He's golden glove. He's really good. Rookie of the year, MVP. He's got a resume that's, that's as good as anybody in the league. And, and the Cubs really have an upper hand because – they, you know, they they took him under their wing last year when he had two bad years because of injury and a lot of other reasons. But you know, for him to go to New York, that would be a a, a, a slap in the face to Cub fans, and I think it'd really be harmful for Cody Bellinger too, because who wants to play in New York? I mean, that's like a, you know, Chicago is a great market, and he had a great year, and he. And I think he's got really good chemistry with all the players on the team. They got along real well. And uh, so, you know, management better get it done. How's that? All right, Mark, I'm going to I'm going to tell you one thing before you go. Mike, I talked to Bellinger, the last guy I talked to in Milwaukee, the last day of the season as the Cubs wound it up and fell short of the playoffs. And I said to Bellinger after the rest of the media talked to him, I went up to him again and I said, I have one question to you, which is most pertinent to me. What was the experience in Chicago like for you, your wife? 
and she said she loves Chicago, she loves the fans, she loves everything about the city. And I said, good enough. Call Scott Boris, let him know, and uh, we'll get something done for you next week. So, so hopefully good news because, and again, Mark, thanks for your call. Mike, the situation is, it sounds silly to say, what does your wife want? It's the furthest thing from being silly when you find out that these are family decisions, not just one player. And her enjoying the experience here every minute of it is a good, a really good sign moving forward on the free agency. If she didn't like it here, and God knows who doesn't love Chicago in the summertime, uh, that would be a problem, but it is not. And hopefully it's a sign that uh, Bellinger wants to come back here and be a player for the Cubs for a long time. Absolutely. And every sign, and I, I don't think this is uh, homerism or, or, you know, home team broadcasting to say that the Cubs were great for Belly and Belly was great for the Cubs. He, he practically said it all season. I mean, just about how well this worked out. They rolled the dice on him. They really did. He, he was coming off of a few down seasons, but they worked with him on his hitting. His fielding was always there and he's shown on both sides of the plate and he was there. He was their best player. And, and you can envision a scenario in which Cody Bellinger re-signs uh, a free agent deal with the Cubs and immediately becomes, along with Dansby, the two faces of this team, right? I mean, that, that is how I see things uh, going forward. We're going to take a short break. Uh, just a, a disclaimer and uh, for full knowledge for our great fans out there, David Hall will be taking some time off this winter, and Mike is going to be sitting in with me talking free agents, trades, everything baseball every week. David will be making appearances here and there on the show. Uh, David is doing an awful lot, seven days a week on the score, doing television. So uh, he needs a little bit of time off. Mike is so good at talking baseball, and you're going to enjoy every week with me and Mike, I guarantee it. But David will not be a stranger on the show. Absolutely. They've, they've called the righty in from the bullpen. We'll see how many innings I can, uh, I can get out of this old arm. And uh, we're happy to, to be joining you, Bruce, as always. So absolutely. We need to take a quick time out, though. Uh, again, Joe. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. 
Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Madden at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. Coming up at 9.30, the new White Sox director of player personnel, Gene Watson, will be joining us. We'll talk to Gene about his past experience and what he sees coming to the White Sox. All of that when we return on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Each sit down is different for, for obvious reasons and everyone's situation is different. You know, with T.A., a player that we've known for a stretch and, and we've seen the ups and downs and we know what the potential is, you know, that that's a conversation that certainly isn't isn't taken delicately so you know i it and perhaps a conversation that that takes that is going to be be more than just one sit down but you know the ta deserves that and it's such a a large decision for this organization that we're going to make sure that it's an exhaustive one there's chris getz new white Sox general manager talking about tim anderson and uh, certainly some decisions to make there on the south side with T.A. and others as we are back and inside the clubhouse alongside Bruce Levine. I am Mike Esposito. Quick reminder before we get out to our guest, uh, before Chicago takes on Las Vegas in week seven, tune in tomorrow morning, nine to noon for the PNC Bank pregame show right here on 670 The Score, presented by your local Ford dealers and Fox Valley Coins. Join Mully, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley. They'll get you set for the game. PNC Bank, the official bank of the Chicago Bears, then immediately following the game, Instant reaction from Mully, Olin, Pat on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. All of that right here on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. And now to talk White Sox, Bruce, we are happy to head on out to the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. New director of player personnel for the Chicago White Sox and longtime friend of mine, Gene Watson, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Gene. Great to have you on as a guest. I know you've taken a few days here and there and listened to the show over the years. So welcome in, and it's a pleasure having you in Chicago. How are you today? Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Mike. How are you? We're doing great. We're doing great. So you're the new director of player personnel. White Sox fans would like you to explain what that job entails. Well, really, guys, it's it's uh, it's just having a pulse on all things players throughout minor league baseball, major league baseball, free agents, six-year free agents, uh, Rule Five candidates, uh, guys that have been injured, coming back from injury. Uh, it's really just uh, overseeing the pro department, our wonderful pro staff that I've had a great time getting to know over the past four or five weeks, and. And just leaving no stone unturned to, to try to find the best players that we can every day. And I keep using that term, but it's really nothing more than that. You, you have to use every vehicle possible uh, to try to improve uh, not only your 40-man roster, but your entire organization. And there's just there's so many players out there that, that you've got to have uh, a great staff like we have. And you've just got to examine every vehicle you can to acquire players. And that's whether it's gathering information or medicals or makeup or, um, you know, risk versus return on the player. That's really just the information on the overall player pool in professional baseball is something that 
that we have to keep an eye on every day. Gene, we played a cut from uh, Chris Gatz coming in talking about Tim Anderson, and you obviously are new to the White Sox, but certainly not new to MLB or to you know your position. What you're doing, as you just said, evaluating players. When you're coming in, though, uh, to the White Sox from the outside and you're looking at Major League players who you've seen before, uh, but just not from the inside, I mean, I, I imagine there's a ton that goes into evaluating because there's an option on Anderson that you guys have to decide on, right? There is. And you know what, Mike? It's so funny because you you evaluate the 29 other organizations and their players, and you think you have a feel for the evaluation overall. And, and then you get on the inside, and you actually get to meet these players and, and see what makes them tick and, and how they – you know, they go about their day-to-day business, and it, and it, it truly changes, uh, not entirely the way you view the player, but in some ways it does. And it's been – it was really interesting to be in Kansas City the last two years. I was in Anaheim before that uh, with your next guest. And, and, and so you're on the outside looking in, and you get inside, and you're like, wow, this isn't anything like I thought it was. And so that, that's really one of the great things about being on the inside of this organization is – just the, the players and the gifted players that we have. And T.A. obviously hit over 300 the past four years before this season. He's a very gifted player, and I know that that's a decision that uh, that Chris and the rest of us will have to make in time. Gene, part of your job, I'm sure, is to help Chris and the White Sox acquire great talent elsewhere. That being said, the White Sox lacked leadership in their clubhouse in the clubhouse, on the field. Anderson was not himself. He used to be an overtly uh, extroverted player on the field that helped lead on the field. Jose Abreu went to Houston. Hendricks uh, was unfortunately sick and recovering and never really fully made it back after a great recovery from cancer. Then had to have Tommy John. So from your perspective, Gene, how essential is it to have leaders in the clubhouse? How important is it to be able to discern whether you're bringing in a talented player, but a guy who doesn't really have those abilities when you're making these decisions on either making trades or bringing in free agents? Bruce, that's a great question. And, and the complexion of a championship club is, is so unique. And I, if you look at the teams that are still playing right now, Houston, Texas, Arizona, and Philadelphia, there's one common denominator, and that's that it's 26 guys that love to play together. And and not that, not that through the course of, of a season that everything goes great. Every one of these teams have struggled, but they've stuck together as a collective unit. And that that's really something that we're right now placing a lot of focus on. We we want to get 26 guys that love to play together. And and in as much as Every day I wake up and I'm reading reports and digging on evaluations. I'm also talking to our scouts, people around the industry, old teammates of players, just trying to find out what makes a player tick. You know, how do they blend in to what we're trying to accomplish in Chicago? And and just how can they come alongside the core group that we have and lift this team up and make them better? And And, and it may not be a collection of 26 in March. It may be a collection of 50 uh, in spring training. When you talk about major league camp and, and minor league camp at the upper levels, you've got comeback guys that have been injured that are great makeup guys. You're giving them an opportunity. So really it's just trying to get the best blend of talent 
with great makeup to come alongside the core group that we have. And that's, that's something that we're really spending a lot of time on right now with our roster moving forward. We're talking to new White Sox director of player personnel, Gene Watson here on inside the clubhouse, Bruce and Mike here on your Saturday morning. And, and Gene, I know you have history uh, in Kansas city, one of your previous stops. So, so, you know, Pedro, his first year was certainly uh, uh, a rough one. There was lots of choppy waters. Let's put it that way. Lots of stuff for him to deal with. Uh, what did you see there with the, the season last season for the White Sox? And, and personally, from knowing Pedro Grafal, what, what do you expect to see coming forward here? Well, you know, I've, I've known Pedro for probably 15 years, and it was, it was recognizable very early on that he was going to be a major league manager and – and bet on himself in doing so. I mean, Pedro was a guy early in his career that could have been on the general manager's path. He had certainly done it all in Seattle as a farm director, first base coach, uh, field coordinator. He's been an area scout. And, and that's one of the great things of when you have a manager that has done area scout, minor league coach, minor league manager, field coordinator, farm director, major league coach, it's easy for him to see the game through those lenses. And so he knows what it, how important it is to those people. And, and so he bet on himself to be a major league manager, you know, early on in Kansas city, we would constantly uh, after a game, talk about game plan. I would constantly to learn for myself, grill him, grill him on why things were the way they were in certain game decisions. And you knew right away that he had a brilliant mind coming over. I, I, I don't think there's anybody that cares more than Pedro. And I know, he wants to get this right for Mr. Reinsdorf and for Chris Getz. And he's a passionate person about baseball. He cares extremely a, a great deal for players. He loves players. And so, you know, we're going to continue to to support him with the best players that we can and the best processes that we can and, and try to turn this thing around as quickly as we possibly can. Gene Watson, our guest, he's the new director of player personnel for the Chicago White Sox. He knows Mike everybody in baseball and when i tell you that he knows everybody i mean from clubhouse guys all the way up to uh, the guys who run uh everything at the ballparks the the key the point i'm trying to make uh i guess gene is talk a little bit about your trek as a baseball person and how you've persevered through uh you know Difficult times, but also always had a single-mindedness about you to get where you are today. Thanks, Bruce. That's a great question. And like so many people, I just loved the game of baseball at a young age. I, I was a well-below-average college player at the University of Texas at Arlington. And when I transferred there from St. Edwards University in Austin, my, my thought process was if I don't make the team as a walk-on, I'll go to work for the Texas Rangers in some capacity. And both happened. I, I made the team. I played three years at UT Arlington. And around, around playing, I would work in the grounds crew. I'd work in the ticket office. I, I spent four years in the clubhouse. And once I moved into the clubhouse, that's where my true love for players uh, really got stronger. And it was such a great group of players at the time. Goose Gossage, Nolan Ryan, Rafael Palmero, Julio Franco, Ruben Sierra, Jose Canseco. I mean, it was really a tremendous group of talented players. And from that, I gravitated into scouting with the Houston Astros and, and then moved into pro scouting with, with the Padres. We went to the World Series in 98 and got swept by the Yankees. I was with the Braves on the backside of their 14 straight division wins. And in 2003, I went to the Marlins uh, as a major league scout. We won the World Series. And then 2006, 
Uh, I went with Dayton Moore to Kansas City and was there until Perry took me to L.A. two years ago. So it's it's just a like, like so many fans, we just love the game. We love players. We love the competition. And that, that was always uh, there for me and present for me. And, and how it's gotten to this point today, I, I have absolutely no idea <laughs> other than getting up and going to work and putting my head down and doing the best I can and really caring about people. Well, and Gene, I wanted to ask you, too, because you're coming from a job, right? So when, when Chris reaches out, when the White Sox reach out to you and you start mulling over what they're talking to you about, what, what makes you decide to, to take this job with the White Sox? They obviously had a challenging season last year, but as, as you've already said, there are some pieces there with, uh, with lots of talent. Well, I, I had traded for Chris in November of 2009 in the Martian deal, and I saw him play in Charlotte and – he was just such a, a grinder player, such a calm player on the field. Uh, he really knew how to play the game of baseball. And and once we traded for him, just the passing conversations and baseball conversations, you knew right away this was going to be whatever he wanted to be in the game of baseball. He's a, he's a very calming presence. It's an incredible baseball mind. And so as he began to gravitate, you know, with us in Kansas City as the assistant player development director, and then coming over to Chicago, you know, we would always constantly talk. We'd, we'd get together in spring training, talk baseball. And we just, we just, you know, created a relationship that, that when the phone call came, I felt like, you know what, I believe in Chris Getz. I believe in his vision. Being able to work for Jerry Reinsdorf, one of the greatest owners in sports, was something that really appealed to me. And I love Chicago. I love the city of Chicago. My first road trip in 1991 was to the to the new ballpark, uh, White Sox Park. Uh, you, uh, I forget what they call it, old old Comiskey at the time, and and so I've always had a, a love for the fans. They love this team, and even the weeks before I took the job, I, I would come in and cover, you know, a team, and I would walk down the line and just really get a feel for what it was going to be like, and the fans and the passion they have. All of it combined together was just something that I knew I couldn't pass up on. And 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 in the short time I've been here, it's really been exciting. Gene, I, I guess the last question for you is when you look at a player and I think the White Sox under Ken Williams and uh, Rick Hahn did a very good job over the years looking at the quality of players, looking at um, how they would fit in from a physical point of view. But when you when you look at the makeup of a player and you, you need to know whether or not the guy that you're looking to trade for is having trouble with his wife, whether or not the guy doesn't like to live in the Midwest, whether the guy uh, is more interested in himself rather than team. How, do, how does a person in your role find all these things out? How many different people does it take for you to have a real good feeling on acquire or not acquire? Bruce, that's a great question. And, you know, I try to go back as far as I can with every player, you know, whether internationally it's, it's as an international free agent or a high school or college draft. And then I'll just try to create a timeline on, you know, people influential in their life, coaches, teammates, and just try to create this timeline because people change and, 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 you know, someone that makes a mistake at a very young age shouldn't be sentenced for the rest of their career and not be given a second chance. And so I, I really try I try to dive into the tools, statistics, role, makeup, and risk of the player every day, every player every day. 
the tools, statistics, role, makeup, and risk. And I really keep it that simple. And then once you dig into the makeup and where they are in their lives, um, you know, that, that plays a big part into it and how they fit into what you're trying to do. And then from there, uh, above me, you know, there's a financial decision and there's a medical decision. And so those things all kind of tie into everything that you do. But, but the one thing it's paramount is I try to assume nothing on players. I try to do due diligence on every player we possibly can because you never know when there's a player that you're going to win the tie on just on the fact that you've you've taken the time to get to know them and pour into them and know their story. So when you're meeting with them and they know you've really done your work on them, sometimes a player will go, you know what? These people truly care about what I'm trying to do. And, you know, Bruce, I was a terrible player, and, and this game is not an easy game. But if you constantly try to see the game through the eyes of the players and, you, and you, you're trying to make the very best decisions for your organization, with that in mind, I think uh, oftentimes you're going to come up on the better end of the stick with players. And so uh, that's really the process, as simple as it sounds. That, that's really you know, what I try to take with every player every day, and, and that's what we're going to continue to do moving forward here. Gene, Thanks so much for taking some time out to talk to me and Mike. Uh, we're going to have you on again uh, soon. And uh, at that time, I'm sure, you know, you will have acquired numerous players along with Chris and everybody else. All the best of luck to you. Great to have you in Chicago. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us again on Inside the Clubhouse. All right. After all the years of listening, it was great to be on. I appreciate it, Bruce. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. That's Gene Watson, White Sox Director of Player Personnel. And uh, Bruce, always a pleasure to have show listeners on who also happen to run uh, baseball player personnel departments. So we're, we're very glad to have Gene on. Sounds like an awesome guy. I don't know him personally. You obviously know him well. And he's been in baseball for, what, 30-some-odd years now. I will tell you this, Mike. He is automatically now your friend. Okay? Awesome. That is that is the beauty of Gene Watson he is as caring and as attentive of a guy that I've ever met in the game of baseball. I've met a lot of people who pay attention to every detail. Gene happens to be to have two qualities which are really excellent in any walk of life, but in particular as a scout. He has a plenty to say when you ask him a question, but he is always listening and he retains everything he hears, which is a real golden trait to be able to have. So, yeah, it was great having Gene on. We're going to have another guest on at the top of the hour. His name happens to be Joe Madden. Right now we're going to take a break and come back with our segment. It's called Chin Music. So get in the box, stand up in the box, but, you know, hang loose in there because you might get one high and tight. I'm Mike. He's Mike. I'm Bruce. This is Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. High and inside. For some chin music. Hey, Yomp, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, Inside the Clubhouse comes in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. Now that it's official, to the A's organization and every single person part of it, I love all of you. Every single one of you, except for one guy. We all know who that guy is. Sell the team, dude. 
I tried to get a sell shirt. It didn't get here fast enough. Sell it, man. Let someone who actually like takes pride in the things they own own something. There's actually people who give a about the game. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else. Dork. So that's one thing I really struggled with this year was not just eviscerating that guy. Do what you're gonna do, bro. You're you're whatever. You're a billionaire. They exist. You guys have all this power. You shouldn't have any because you haven't earned any of it. But anyway, whatever. It is what it is. Reality is you got you got handed everything you have, and now you're too soft to sit and stand in front or, or take any responsibility for anything you're doing. Yeah, whatever. Oakland is Oakland. Uh, you can make all the cases. Oh, it's not a great city. Blah, 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 blah. But you're putting you're putting hundreds, if not thousands, of people out of work that have worked somewhere for decades and you haven't acknowledged that at all just be better that's all we're asking just be a human being so there it is uh, how's that for your chin music bruce that's trevor may uh, as he's announcing his retirement from the oakland a's just <laughs> tearing into uh, oakland ownership and uh, john fisher is the owner and uh, we've all known and followed this story uh, for a long time now but as they prepare to Move to Las Vegas, uh, Bruce. That was uh, Trevor May earlier this week. He did not hold back. No, he didn't. Uh, interesting enough, while he was a player there, he never said that. But uh, no. we'll, we'll, we'll give him a pass, a hall pass for that. The reality is he is right. Trevor May retiring after a long career uh, in baseball, former Oakland A, and now going after John Fisher and the ownership of the Oakland A's who are packing up, hopefully in their mind and moving to Las Vegas in the next three years or so, anytime they can get a, a ballpark built in the Las, uh, Las Vegas area and they get the final okay there from the Las Vegas County to make the move, uh, they will move their franchise there. Questionable whether or not baseball will work in Las Vegas or not. Certainly Oakland has had its ups and downs. A lot of it has to do with Many bad teams and ownership not standing up and acquiring players when they needed to. Billy Bean has been a, a magician there for the past uh, 20 years, being the head baseball person there and building teams up through trades when players came close to free agency or arbitration and moved them before they made money and then doing it again and again. At this point, uh, they were a team that lost, I believe, 115 games or so this year. Just a, a horrible team not being able to recoup uh, at this point. And now uh, the Oakland fans will be doing it without a team, at least for a while, once this happens. So good for Trevor May. It's probably one of the best chin musics that uh, David and I and you have ever had. <laughs> for uh, sure. Because he didn't pull any punches. I would have preferred he did it as a player. But you can't have everything, Mike. Yeah, well, and and Fisher was still signing his checks at at that point. So yeah, Oakland, Bruce. Uh, I double checked because they were the worst team the whole season. But fifty and one twelve was their final tally for uh, twenty twenty three. Uh, they were on pace for a while there to lose over one hundred twenty games, which would have broken a record. Uh, but they did not do that. They ended up winning fifty. But no, it's uh, listen. Uh, Fisher did not come, you know, he did not grow up in the A's business. His parents, as I just learned, were the founders of The Gap, the store, The Gap. Uh, that's where their money comes from. The family money bought the team and uh, is trying to move it to Las Vegas. But 
Yeah, you you don't get to hear the the players be so frank to ownership when they have to worry about signing that next contract, which is totally understandable. And I get it, especially while you're playing on the team. And he even said it. He's like, one of the hardest things this whole year is not doing that during the season and kind of biting my tongue, right? I mean, that's a, that's well, a tough one. Mike, one thing for sure, that our next guest never pulls any punches. And he nope. doesn't care if he offends somebody or not. That's not his goal. But Joe Madden will be joining us at the top of the hour to talk everything baseball. Mike? Take it away. We have uh, one more segment left with uh, with Joe, and uh, we're going to be talking more baseball. Absolutely. We are thrilled to be joined by Joe Madden next. We also have a football reminder for you at the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour. We will be going to Penn State and Ohio State, a key Big Ten matchup. We'll have that matchup for you right here on the score. But coming up next, World Series champion with the Cubs in 2016, baseball lifer and a good friend, Joe Madden, joins us next on Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 